pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we do thank you for the cross. The cross is meant to kill. It is our victory. God, we, we stand here in victory today. God, we know that uh, the, the devil wants to uh, just hold us down. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But God, you've come, you've come to give life and life abundantly. So God, we want to uh, stand in that victory today. Uh, because we stand in the shadow of the cross, we stand in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask that as we uh, um, uh, unite together as the body, uh, Lord, that you do a special work in us today. Uh, God, as we uh, learn more about what the calling is that you have uh, for our lives, uh, God, I, I pray that, that we can be bold and we can step out in that calling. Uh, God, we have people around us that are hurting. Some of, some of us are hurting here, God. We ask that um, as we hear your truths that you can comfort our souls so we can be most effective for you. Uh, God, we pray this and we plead this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So uh, we're going to pick up where we left off last week. Uh, if, you, um, if you weren't here last week, don't worry. You'll be able to fall right in because we, we stopped at a, at a good point um, in the story of Gideon. Uh, we probably are, will not talk a whole lot more about Gideon this week, um, but what we, were ta- we talked about last week and, and just uh, um, the, 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 the focus or the big idea for this whole series um, that this has turned into, uh, the, the, the potential that God has for your life. Um, we're, we're talking about how God designed you, God designed me to live in uh, the potential he has uh, for us. So um, today's going to be part two of God's potential, your calling. But the big idea is, um, and, and if you haven't written this down, you, you want to write this down uh, again, or you want to write this down. Um, God has created you for something greater than you. Remember that. God has created you for something greater than you. Now, this is not, you know, the, 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 the uh, um, prosperity gospel where, you know, if you just have enough, enough faith, God will give you all this good stuff. I'm not saying that. I just fully believe that um, the potential in which God has created you for is a potential in which the devil is attacking you at, and, and he wants you to um, believe the lie that, that, that um, God really doesn't want what's best for you. You know, we, we talked a little bit about um, Adam and Eve and how it did, uh, or when, when uh, the serpent came and, and asked, asked them, you know, did God really say you know, did God really say you were going to die? Well, you know, here's the deal. You know, he really doesn't want what's best for you. You, you know, I, I think that that's um, one of the, the greatest, if not the greatest lie that has ever been told. But that's a lie that continually is uh, believed. And, and we got to get rid of that because um, I'm convinced, and I know that, that, that we here are convinced that God has something uh, greater and he's created you for something greater. And, and that something greater is not you. That something greater is greater than you. And we have to accept that. Um, so that's where we're, we're going to continue. We're going we're to pick up. Um, we, we talked last week um, and the week before uh, about Gideon. Um, how God saw Gideon in his potential. Remember, Gideon was in the wine press. He was hiding from the Midianites and the Malachites. He was hiding from the people of the east. And he was sifting out wheat in the wine press. And then the, the angel of the Lord appeared and said, Hey, yo, mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. And, and, and God um, identified Gideon in his potential. And that's where this whole, this whole focus is really kind of birthed from is God sees you, he sees me as a child of God in uh, the potential in which he has for us. Why is that? 
Well, because when, when God looks at me, when God looks at, at, at Lee Kackner Jr., when, and, and Sr., don't, don't get me wrong, but when, when God looks at Lee, he sees Jesus. That's how he can see the potential in me. Because me, I'm jacked. <laughs> Amen, right? <laughs> and and, I, and we all understand that there are flaws about us. But what we need to understand is, is when God, the Father, looks at you, he sees the Son. And we need to live in that truth. That's why I can honestly and convincingly, I believe, and convictingly say that God has something greater for you. God has something greater for me. There's great things to happen. And Jesus even says, you know, you're going to do greater things than I did. And some of you are like, wait a second, man. Like he rose from the dead and he like restored the blind. Yeah, but it's not my words. Jesus said you're going to do greater things. So, you know, but this is, again, we need to understand that the power in which we have um, inside of us, the power of the Holy Spirit is real. Don't, 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 don't push down. Don't, don't um, dilute or, as the Bible tells us, grieve the Holy Spirit. Embrace that he is real. And embrace, as Gideon um, had to be uh, notified of, embrace that we're clothed by the Holy Spirit. So, uh, with all that... Um, we, we talked uh, a little, about, little bit about um, uh, uh, God's calling or, or, or calling in general. And, and, and we talked how God called Gideon to be the one who saves Israel. But before um, Gideon was able to save Israel, he had to tear down some idols that were in his life. He, he, he tore down the, the, the altar of Baal and he tore down the Asherah. But as he, before, or as he tore that down or after he tore that down, there was a transformation that, 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 that took place. And we talked about how to follow God's calling in your life, you, I, we have to tear down idols that are in our lives. We, we, we can't keep the idol and keep Jesus. It, 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 doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. I love the shirt that, that, that uh, Jake has on. Um, even though you know, he couldn't uh, use the mic, he used his body well by displaying the billboard. Jesus is enough. <coughs> Jesus is enough. And, and that's what we have to rest in is, is that Jesus is enough. So um, we, we talked about following God's calling. And uh, one of the, 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 the most uh, key characteristics and the most important things about understanding what God's calling is, um, is that who's getting the glory? Who's getting the glory? And it, it, when you're saying, I'm following God's calling in my life, okay, are you getting the glory or is God getting the glory? Because when God calls, God gets the glory. God doesn't share his glory with anybody. Now, do we get blessings from that? Yeah, we've talked about that. But what we have to understand is that God is the one, he's the recipient of all glory. He must be the recipient of all glory because if he's not the recipient of all glory, that's where idolatry uh, falls back into place and it starts to creep back into our lives. Um, you know, the the church, early church father said that, you know, um, that the, uh, the, the heart is an idol factory. We were created to worship. You and I, as, as human beings, were created to worship. The, the, the question is, what are you worshiping? Are you worshiping something other than or someone other than God? If so, that's idolatry. So what we need to understand is, as we're talking about um, this greater something for you and greater something for me that God has in store for, for us, and, and this potential in which I can, uh, that, 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 that God sees in us and that we can live to, this comes through the calling in which God has placed on our life. 
Now, with that long introduction, actually, I think it's one of the shortest introductions I've ever done. So, uh, but um, with that, we're gonna we're gonna step into this the the, the, the uh, theological aspects of this now. Like you know, we talked example last week. Let's talk about like some practical stuff, like uh, about these this this calling, because I think that that's one of those Christianese words. We hear calling all the time, but we don't really understand it. We don't think it really implies to me. That applies to, you know, people that are, you know, uh, up in leadership or they do special things inside the church. No, I sincerely believe that God has placed at least two callings. That's your first uh, uh, fill in the blank there. Has, has placed at least two callings on each of his children. Now, r- r- remember that we talked about what, who, who um, is a child of God. Uh, the, the Bible is very clear that not everyone's a child of God, only those who believe and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So those who are, have been born again are, are, are children of God. And being a child of God, I, this is where I, I say that, that every child of God, God has placed at least, notice I'm going to stress that, at least two callings on each of his children. Uh, it, it, let, let's talk briefly, maybe, about those. The first one, uh, I'm going to use a, a word that, that it's not, I know if there's some theological nerds in here, you guys are going to get kind of uh, funky at me, but whatever. But we're going to use this general. So the first fill in the, the blank is general calling. Uh, for those uh, geekier people like me, um, uh, you, can, you can write in there effectual calling. So general or effectual calling, same, I'm going to use it, those, those words uh, similarly here, because this um, a general or a, a, a effectual calling, this is the, the, the first calling that, that God places on his children, and the first calling that he places on his children is to become children. It's, it's not, it's not um, anything that is, is mystical or magical, um, if you got if you got a, a Bible, I hope you do. If not, we'll put it up on the screen. Turn to Romans chapter eight, real quick, because this general or this effectual calling, this what this calling is, is a calling on your life to be regenerated by the the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit to become children of God. So, if anybody in here. And I'm going to stress this because if anybody in here is sitting here waving the banner of, of, of Jesus saying, I'm a child of God, but God hasn't called me to anything, I'm going to clear, the, clear your, 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 your uh, um, uh, absurdities right now and say, yes, he has. He's called you to be his child first. No one comes to the Father unless they're, they're called to the Father. Um, look at uh, Romans chapter 8. Verse 28, and, and, and I'm going to use this, probably not like most, uh, most uh, church people use this text. They, you, most, people, most church people use this text like in a bad time in their life, and they, they're trying to rationalize how, uh, you know, why, why bad things are happening and what, what good can come out of it. Is that, a, is that a, a bad use of it? No, but I think there's something deeper here that we can, we can see um, that, that Paul is communicating here. He says in verse 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. And that's what people say. That's on coffee cups, on t-shirts, and everything else. That all things work together for good. All right? But the, the, this, the, the latter part of this says, for those who are called according to his purpose. 
So there's a calling that, is, that it take, takes place here. Paul goes on to say, he explains this calling. He says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So what is Paul saying here? He, Paul is, is saying very specifically that to be a child of God, God knew you before you were even you, before you were even born. And you've heard me make, make mention of what, what uh, Charles Spurgeon has said on this, this topic, that, you know, God chose me before I was born. It's a good thing. And, and I adhere to that because like Charles Spurgeon said, you know, it, it's a good thing God chose me before I was born because he probably wouldn't have chosen me afterwards. <laughs> right? But just think about it. Before you were born, God chose you. And this is what it this says that he foreknew you. Now, I'm not going to get into that big debate that people like to get into. What I want to get into is just rest in the fact that if you're a child of God, you're secure because God chose you. Before you even chose him, he chose you. So no matter what lie the devil throws at you, well, you're not really a child. You know, you can, you can lose your salvation or you can, you know, you, you don't really believe. Now, now listen, if you've been chosen and accepted into the family of God by God, no one can take you out. So what we have to understand is this is what this calling, this general or effectual calling, that this takes place by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible tells us that we were once dead in our trespasses and sins. Meaning we were born into this world dead, spiritually dead. And, and something supernatural had to take place to go from death, which is, as Paul says, um, the domain of darkness, transferred into the kingdom of the beloved son or the kingdom of light. A dead person cannot just all of a sudden say, hey, I want to be alive again. Or I want to be alive. A dead person can't do it. Something supernatural has to take place. So we have, to, we have to understand and we have to rest in that this effectual calling in which God has placed on our life is a supernatural work, this regeneration by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not by a bunch of good works in which you've done or this many things that you've said here or you've done this. No, it's solely because of what God initiated. Do we have responsibility in our response? Absolutely. We need to respond, but God initiated. That's that calling. God summons you to him. Think about that for a second. Because some of you are sitting here like, you know, I don't know if I, if I fully get the magnitude of this. The creator of the universe, if you're calling him, if you're calling him father, he summons you to him. It says in Romans 5, it says that while we were still... Um, sinners, why we were still enemies of God, he shows his love for us. He showed his love, like enemies, and he's showing love to his enemies to summons you in. Well, I've never been an enemy of God. No one's going to hear you and say, yeah, that I, I've been an enemy of God, but you were born an enemy of God. You were public enemy number one, right? Some of you, Bobby's going, mm -hmm. remember those days? <laughs> but no, I'm down with OPP. Yeah, you know me. So, um, but we were born enemies of God, right? So we have to understand that, that because we were born enemies of God, because we were born dead, something supernatural had to take place. And that supernatural, 
That's the, the Holy Spirit stepping in. That's that effectual calling. Turn over to um, Acts chapter 2 to continue the, this thought process. Acts chapter 2, verse uh, 39. To, to, to reiterate and kind of to, to, uh, to bring even to fuller understanding here, uh, it says in verse 39, for the promise is... Now, what, what, what promise? What are you talking about? Well, what we have to understand is Peter's just given his, uh, the, the, the famous Pente- uh, a sermon on the day of Pentecost. And he just said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he says, okay, this is what's got to happen. You have, to, you have to take that step. And he says, for the promise, and I love this because um, if you're going to respond to something, respond to a promise, especially a promise made by God. Because God is the only one that's able to fulfill every promise that he's given. I might have the best intention in the world to fulfill every promise that I've given, but it's outside of my ability to do that. It's not outside God's ability. He says, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. So he's saying, okay, let let me get your attention here. For everyone, this is what what this promise has been given here. Everyone, that is, whom the Lord our God calls to himself. This is not, this, this is not where we sit and we act, we're, we're all pious and everything. We're, we have our arms crossed and, oh yes, I am a child of God. Well, here's the deal. You can't boast in that because you didn't do that. God did that. So what we have to understand is we're not holier than anyone else. We're not better than anyone else. What we have, to, we have to accept is that God called me and thank you, Lord, that you called me. Because if he didn't call you, you ain't going to figure it out on your own. And, and, and just think about that for a second. I, I can say that. I'm not saying that arrogantly. I'm saying that like uh, uh, submissively. Like I, 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 I can't do it. God's got to do it. So if you're the arrogant Christian saying, well, I'm chosen and they're not chosen, well, what did you do to be chosen? Did you, you know, wipe your own butt as soon as you came out of the womb? No. You were nasty and dirty like everybody else. Spiritually dead. God chose. God did. And that's what he's saying here. Those whom God has called to himself. All right, let's get on to the next one because this is one that, that y'all are wondering about. And this is the best part because I'm going to tell, tell you this and then I'm not going to answer the question that everybody's going to ask. I'm going to answer that next week. So um, I, I know, right? It's going to be awesome because the question that's going to, 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 to start to uh, fester in, in, in your mind is, well, how do I know this calling? And I'm going like, to end abruptly, and you're going to be like, wait a second, I didn't, you, didn't, you didn't help me out here. Well, that's, that's good. It's called a cliffhanger, right? So you come back for more, right? Um, but this next one, this is your specific calling. So we had a general or effectual calling, and now we're talking about specific calling. The, the general calling is to, for you to be um, a, a child of God. God calls you into, uh, your, your, or into his family. This next one, this is the unique work. And I'm going to say unique because we don't use special terms around here, right? Um, we, we, you, the, the, the unique work 
for the individual. God, and this is where, this is where I will say and why I said that there's at least, at least two callings, at least two, because there can be more. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But at least two, and the second, the specific calling, this unique work for the individual. Uh, turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. Um, and if you, if you want to mark that, we're going to actually come back to this in a minute. But uh, I, want to, I just want to point out, excuse me, verse 7 real quick. Um, and then give you a couple of examples. But I, because I, I believe that... that, that um, here in verse 7 it says, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, I don't want to say that this is not implying in Paul, and we're going to talk about this in a minute a little bit more, but Paul's not implying that some are saved more than others. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying that the grace was given each, to each one according to the measure of Christ's gift. Depending, this grace in which it is given, this is where I want to uh, um, kind of filter out and say that everybody has given a, a certain measure for a certain perf- purpose for a certain season in your life. And that's what we're going to say that it is the specific calling in which God has placed on your life. Now, some of you are saying, well, that's kind of, uh, of muddy. Well, let me give you examples throughout Bible, the Bible. There are many specific callings in which God has placed on specific individuals' lives. I mean, we already talked about Gideon, right? But even if we, we talk, um, start with Gideon, it, it, mind you, th- th- there were many others that were called before, uh, before Gideon, uh, Moses being one of them. You know, Charlton Heston would not have a job if it wasn't for Moses, right? Uh, but no, Moses was called specifically to do something. But Gideon, we talked about, that was, was called by God to do something, spe- something specific to uh, save Israel. But not only Gideon, what about uh, David, King David? King David was, was called uh, to, to lead the, the nation of, of Israel. What about Nehemiah? Nehemiah, he, he's the guy that, that came back after the Babylonian exile uh, in the Babylonian captivity and um, uh, rebuilt the wall. He was called by God to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. He had a specific calling that he w- w- was laid upon his life. What about, what about John? And, I, and I'll just say John because we can say John the Baptist or we can even say the Apostle John. Either one of them, or both of those guys, had specific callings. They're individual. John the Baptist was called to be the forerunner of Christ. He was the guy that stood up and announced, okay, get ready for the Messiah. He's here. We need to make straight the paths. John the Apostle was also called to do specific things. He gave us some very... Clear insight into the personal being and the personal intimacy of Jesus while he was here on earth, and then gives us some uh, um, uh, uh, scripture of future things that are going to happen that God revealed to him. But one of the guys that I like to look at when we're talking about calling is the Apostle Paul. Because the Apostle Paul had a calling that God put on his life 
that um, was very identifiable. Not that Gideon wasn't identifiable, but I, I think that, that if, um, if we're all going to be honest with the crowd in which we have here, that, that we need sometimes the Apostle Paul's call uh, that, that Jesus put on his life, where he, you know, that, that, that moment on the road to Damascus where he's knocked off his donkey onto his keister. Sometimes we need God to, to abruptly say, wham, this is what I need you to do. This is what I've called you to do. Now we know the, the calling that, that, that God put on the Apostle Paul's life, then Saul of Tarsus, now the Apostle Paul as we know him, it, it was something that transformed not only his life, but transformed lives of many to come. We're here today because of the Apostle Paul. We, we, can't not, we cannot overlook that, and we have to understand um, that when God puts that calling on, on, uh, on an individual's life, it's not for that individual, it's for him. God put that calling on Paul's life so that we can be doing what we're doing right now. That's why I stressed last week, and I'll stress it again, when God calls, he gets the glory. When God calls, he gets the glory. These examples are, are just a few. There are many specific examples. Some of you here can say, oh, I know exactly what God has called me to do because you've been obedient in that calling. Some of you can say, well, you know what? I think I know. And some of you are like, I have no idea. You're talking about calling and I just wish you would answer the question in which you already alluded to that you're not going to answer, but don't be a jerk and just answer it. No. The question is, how do I know what God's calling me to do? Or what, how do I know what God's calling is for me? That's the question everybody wants to wants answered. Before we answer that <coughs> next week, um, I want to talk about God's callings. That next section of your notes there, you, you'll see that we have three points. I'll make three points and then we'll go to get something to eat. Well, I'm going to split firewood if anybody uh, wants to come help. Um, what you doing, Bobby? Uh, <laughs> oh, you sleep? I got to do it for Grandpa. I mean, come on now. Yeah, oh, okay. Uh, so God's callings. Let's talk about God's callings. What I'm going to end up doing here is I'm going to talk about God's callings in, in um, a, a, a way in which I'm going to focus on the, um, uh, the, the calling that every single one of you now know as a child of God is placed on your life. That is to become and to be a child of God. You've been called into his family. But I'm also going to allude through talking about these next uh, few things to the calling, uh, the, the, the specific calling or callings in which God has placed on your life. Because I think it's, it's imperative. So if there's a little bit of, of grayness in all of this, it's intentional. It's intentional here. So the first thing, God's calling is, turn to Romans chapter 11. And there ain't nothing better than to hear that sound. I'm just telling you. The sound of the pages turning. Romans chapter 11 verse 29 says this, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. 
The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. I'll, I'll point out real quick that there are, there's difference between gifts and callings. Difference between gifts and, and, and callings. Actually, what we're going to wind up uh, sorting a little bit of that out next week, but what, what we have to understand and what, what Paul is clearly saying here, that God's calling that he's placed on your life, that he's placed on my life, is irrevocable. What does that mean? Okay, some of you graduated from Waterloo, and that, so did I, I get you. So what does that, 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 that mean? It, it means it's not able to be changed. Not able to be changed. Now, I will say this, because some of you are, are, are saying, well, wait a second, God called me here, and now I'm called here. And no, 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 what, what, what I am, am, am saying and what the Bible is clearly stating is when God calls you to something, God doesn't change his mind about what he calls you to. Now, does he call you in different seasons to do different things? Yes, he does. But God's not going to call you to something and say, oops, my bad. No, the calling of God, if, if God clearly places a calling on your life, and, and that's the, the, the ticket, if it's God who's placed that calling on your life, it is irrevocable. I have met too many people that have said, you know what, God called me to this, or God's called me to that. God called me to the mission field, and God, but I didn't go. Well, do you think God changed his mind? And he, didn't, he hasn't called you to that, and he still doesn't want that to happen? No, God's callings, as the Bible is clear, is that they're irrevocable. If God calls you to do something, and I should say this, when God calls you to do something, that something will be done. The question is, how pig-headed are you going to be? Right? How stubborn are you going to be in that calling? Well, I really don't know if God's calling. No, you know. I mean, I've had the conversation with some of you. God's calling me to do this. Okay, why aren't you doing it? I don't know if he really is or if it's just me. No, if it's clear that God is calling you, remember, God gets the glory in all of it. If God is clearly calling you, don't be stubborn in it. God's not going to make your life, um, uh, let's just use the word pleasant, if you're disobedient and not following his calling. God's calling is irrevocable. He doesn't change his mind. You cannot, and this is, this is the, the, the great misconception. Well, God's calling me to do this, but, you know, I don't really want to do that. How about if I do a lot of this over here? I make up for all of it over here. I, I know he wants me to do this, but, man, look, at, I'm doing this much over here. I just got my workout for today. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm blowing it up over here. Yeah, but that's great, but that's not what God's calling you to do. Who's getting the glory here? You are. No, God's called you to this. What is, what, what is that this? Well, I, I don't know. It's specific for everyone. The second one here is uh, we have to understand is we need to consider, consider your calling. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. Because some of you, some of you, I've heard this out of your mouth. You're like, well, I'm not, man, I'm not equipped for that, or I don't know how to do that, or I, do, I just can't figure out this, and I don't know. You know, God's called me this, but I don't know what I'm, well, let's listen here. 
For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. (laughs) He's saying, okay, not many of you. Maybe some of you, but not a whole lot of you. But God chose what is foolish. I love that. But God, you know, that's what, those are my two favorite words in, in the Bible. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Consider your calling. When I'm saying that, remember, I'm being specific. Consider the calling which God has placed on your life to be his child. Also consider the calling, that specific calling. God has placed this specific thought, no, no, this specific calling and in, in this general calling in your life. And, and here's the key. I love this. That what does it mean to consider? That's one of those words that I, and we use it all the time. You know, I'm considering this job, or I'm considering that job, or I'm considering to, to do this, or I'm con- okay. But what, what does it really mean when you're considering something? Well, what it means in, in that w- how it was written here, it means to see. To see, but it's, it's not just to visualize something. And that's why I think a lot of us think as we're considering something, I'm trying to visualize, getting this mental picture in my, in my mind. And no, it, 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 goes, it goes beyond that. It's to see with a stronger emph- emphasis on the eye, but it serves as making sure that it's the opposite of being blind to. Some of you are like, okay, the same thing. No, no, but just, it's not just seeing something. But it's the opposite of being blind to something. Some people say, I can, yeah, I can see this or I can see that. But if you're blind to something, you don't see anything at all. Some people can see, you know, if you take your glasses off, maybe you can see, but it's kind of all uh, uh, gooey or, 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 or um, uh, blurry. But you're not blind to it. You can still see it. This here is, is saying don't be blind to the calling in which God has placed on your life. Because God chose you. He chose those who were weak. He chose those who were not the, the, the smartest or the sharpest tools and shit. Well, whatever, we're, we're in good company here. That's what I'm saying. It is that we have to consider this. Now, this intellectual or the spiritual perception that is being talked about here is not for the, just the, 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 the intellectually elite. No, this is for the individual that's saying, okay, God's put this call in my life. Okay, consider that calling. Look to see how if you don't, um, or if you turn a blind eye to it, what will take place? What would happen? Don't be blind to what God is doing. And I love saying this. Don't be blind to what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do. That's what you got to look at in, 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 in your calling is that, okay, what, what, what did God do? Now, how did I get to this place? What is he doing and then what is, what, what's going to happen? What, 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 what will he do? Don't be blind to it. That's why the apostle here says, be, or consider your calling. The last one. Turn back to Ephesians chapter 4. We'll end up here. 
And I'm still not going to answer that question, so quit sending me hate mind mail. I know you sent me a text message, I'm sure. <laughs> Tell me! How do I know God's calling for my life? How about this? I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint at the end. That's fair. Okay, that's good. Number three. Ephesians chapter four, verses one through three. He says, I therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So, what's the fill-in? Walk. Walk worthy of your calling. Walk worthy of your calling, not what's on the screen. Of you calling. Yoo-hoo! No. <laughs> walk worthy of your calling. The calling which God has placed on your life, walk worthy of that. R- remember. Remember, identifying what, what, what's my calling. Well, first is the calling that God's placed on your life is to be his child. Walk worthy of that. And then that specific calling, whatever that may be, walk worthy of that calling. I, I, I love how it goes on to say, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. I I, I don't know about you. I love those, those unifying words. There's one body of Christ. We're an expression of the body of Christ here. We're a local expression of the body of Christ. What we need to understand is we are in unity. Why do we come uh, together? Why do we, we come together to, to worship? Well, I'll tell you this. We come together to worship, to glorify God. And one of the ways in which we glorify God is to exercise, in, to exercise the calling which he's placed on our life within the community which he's put you in. God has said, okay, here, I want you to come together for a reason. I've got something special that I want to do through you. I want you to focus. I want you to do this. You're, 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 you're unique. Only, only you can do this. The question is, are you going to do it? Are you going to follow the calling which God has put on your life? Or are you just going to continue to say, I just don't know what God wants for me to do. How do I know God's calling for me? Read Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This is what we're going to unpack next week. Because I'm convinced that we can all know what God is calling each one of us to do specifically. The question is, are we willing to step out in that? Is it going to be tough? Yeah. Is it going to be scary? I'm I'm sure for some of us it will be scary. 
But it's all about being obedient to God. Christ was obedient to the Father in everything. He is our perfect example. Why would we not want to? If we say that we're Christians because, you know, Christian means little Christ's, why would we not follow after what Christ has set forth for us and being obedient to him in all things? Let's pray. Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you. Uh, God, we, we, we do love you. Um, Lord, we, we, as we've just talked about what callings are and how, what you've placed um, uh, on our lives, uh, the, 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 the general, the effectual calling to, to be your child, but then that specific calling. And, and God, it is my prayer. It is my prayer that, that there are people here that are struggling with that question. What is God calling me to do? Because if, 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 there are, if there are not those here that are struggling with that question and they're not already knowing what God's calling them to do, if they're not struggling with that question, there's a problem. Because they're not trying to glorify you. So God, my, my prayer is that as this week continues, if there is those who are saying, I don't know what God's calling is for my life, that I, that, but my, my prayer is that they, 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 they struggle with that problem or that question this week. And I just set it aside. Well, yeah, well I'll figure it out next week when, when Lee tells me about it. No, just, just let them meditate upon that and just seek you for that. God, we love you. Father, we ask that uh, if there is no one here that has not uh, heeded that, uh, that calling to uh, them from you to become their, a child of yours, to become a son or a daughter, God, my, my prayer is that, that uh, you uh, show up and get in their face so they can do nothing but say, uh, yes, Jesus. God, we know there's no special words. We know that that's a commitment of the heart. But God, if there's someone here like that, my prayer is that they just reach out to someone around. Uh, God, as we open the altar uh, for uh, elder prayer, um, maybe there's someone that wants to to talk about that. Maybe not. Maybe there's someone who's, you know, has an ailment or whatever. God, let people meet with you. Lord Jesus, we love you. Father, we thank you. Spirit, we continue to welcome you. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.